Welcome back to Purpose Driven Passive Profits. His name is Nate Armstrong. He is the founder of homeinvest.com. My name is Steve Warner. I am the chief investment officer. And we today are going to be talking about what to look for in a sponsor, in somebody that is putting together multifamily. So here's the thing, guys. There are a ton of people out there right now raising money for multifamily. It seems like you hear about different investment opportunities every single day. Some are promising huge rates of return. Some are promising really small rates of return. It's not the rate of return that you want to be the most interested in, though. It is really in the sponsor that you're working with, because at the end of the day, who do you want captaining your ship in the current economic climate? So at Purpose Driven Passive Profits, we believe in having a firm foundation. We believe that God has put us here, has called us to be good stewards of the talents of our time, of our money, and of our energy Nate, if you can walk us through a little bit, if somebody is looking at a deal, what are things that they should be looking for in the sponsor? What can they what can they dig up? What can they look for? What, I guess, traps can they avoid? If you could walk us through some of those things, there's a lot of stuff out there right now for people to be careful with. Yeah. So number one, uh, avoid shiny object syndrome. So there's a lot of people flashing deals that are like 50%, 40%, 30%. And most of them, when you dig into the meat of them, they're very speculative deals. They're um, development, ground up. And I even saw one one of our current investors, he also invested into a very speculative deal. And it's to build a grocery store distribution center. And um, and he came back to me and he's like, Nate, this one's paying 40%. And I'm like, yeah, that's if it pays, right? He's like, no, no, it's going to pay. It's a grocery store. It's a grocery store. And I'm like, well, here's the thing, like grocery stores are great. He's like, no, no, grocery stores are recession resistant. They're perfect. And then I saw an article about um, Alberts, Alberts, the big grocery store chain out West. And um, their year over year sale, they're negative. They're not just in growth, but their profit margin is gone. Like they're negative right now. And so even, even if it's a grocery store distribution center, which should be recession resistant, I would be very cautious and very skeptical on big development projects right now. Um, you just never know which way this could all fall. So I, number one is look at the asset really, really hard, okay? Um, you asked more specifically about the sponsor though, right? Yeah, the I mean, just to talk about Albertsons for just a second, like Costco is down right now too. We're seeing, like, do you remember when we were talking about Costco the other day? Yeah. Yeah. Basic necessities. Like Costco is the king. They are really, really good at sales and Costco's down right now. And this kind of follows the the economic uh, flow that we were talking about a while ago, Steve, the hope economic model. And basically it's the H is housing. When housing starts to go down, which housing started to go down a year ago, then it's the O, which is orders. When Costco stops getting orders, when Albertson stops getting orders, et cetera. Uh, and then when we get to the phase of P, which is profits, when these companies start reporting negative earnings, negative profits, then all of a sudden employment comes. That's the last E in that economic cycle, the hope cycle. And every single time when you have all four of those letters that, that combined, in a, you always have a recession. It's, it's been proven that every single time it happens. And so the only one we haven't seen quite yet, depending on when you catch this podcast, is the employment. Yes, we're seeing some layoffs like in your backyard, Steve, I'm pretty sure you're seeing tech layoffs right now. 
Yeah, absolutely. Austin right now, we are seeing massive tech layoffs. We're seeing a lot of unemployment. We're seeing a lot of vacated office space downtown. Uh, Facebook pulled out. They were building the tallest building in Austin. Facebook leased the entire uh, office space in the building. They pulled out about a month, maybe six weeks ago. Um, and the developer now is like, well, we're 80% of the way done. We're going to have this building done. And nobody, the residential, they've leased out about a third of so far. Um, mm -hmm. It's luxury rental. And they were planning on a lot of the people that worked at Facebook at Meta living in the building. Well, now that's not going to happen. So the developer is still, it looks like they're going to finish but they don't know who's going to rent the office space or who's going to rent the housing. Um, that might be a huge problem, but we have seen a massive amount of tech layoffs. Um, all kinds of people in tech have been laid off from Indeed. Uh, we've got Indeed. We have Google down here. Both have done some layoffs. We've also just seen a lot in general, like Austin became a tech, tech hub a couple of years ago, and now we're seeing layoffs. We're actually seeing housing, um, we're seeing foreclosures go up. We're seeing inventory of houses go up and we're seeing inventory of apartments uh, start to go up a little bit as well, especially in the luxury sector. The hope economic cycle has been complete in your neck of the woods and it's happening in other areas too. Like I just, I just got to attend a, a nice webinar with some guys that we respect a lot in this multifamily space. Um, uh, and they said, he literally said, I personally know 19 office owners in downtown Chicago who have already turned in their keys to the bank. They just said, I'm done. I'm not going to make any more payments. I don't have enough people renting office space for me. I'm done. And so, yeah. So now that's the last E when employment starts getting really ugly everywhere. So we're not seeing ugly quite yet across the nation. It's in certain markets, but ugly is coming. It's coming, coming very, very soon. And then you'll know you're deep into a recession at that point. And so, yeah. Um, Back to the sponsor side, though, because that's what you originally asked about. You want a sponsor that's lived through market cycles. You want it's like if you're going to have a captain of a ship that's going to take you across, you know, the the ocean. You want a captain of a ship that's lived through some storms because you're going to hit some storms if you're going to travel all the way across the ocean. So it's no different here. Like you need a captain of the ship, a sponsor that understands these cycles and can guide through this next cycle. That's, I mean having the right person leading this is very important. So talk to me a little bit about what they should be looking for. How do you, how do you ask that question? How do you find out if the sponsor of your deal is a good sponsor? If they've been through some stuff before, is there a way that you can research past deals? Should you just ask them, talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, I would point blank, just ask how many successful exits have you seen? Um, I, I'm going to emphasize the word exits because uh, a lot of people, they just got in when the, the market was good. People started in 2018, 2019, 2020. The market's been great, especially when the, the government started handing out stimulus money and everything just kept going up and up and up. And so a lot of people have been through good market cycles, but how many have been through bad market cycles? And so I would just ask them, hey, how many exits have you had? What, what, what year did you start? You can do the math, figure out, was that a good year? Was that a bad year? What was happening with real estate? And look for people that have been around for a while. And they've done a lot of successful exits. They've actually sold the properties, not just purchased them. That's good. I mean, I would look at exits. I think that's really 
where you're going to see the people who have had the most success and had like the most track record, right? They've actually been able to complete the deal. Did it match what they said it was going to match at the front end? Those are all very important questions to ask. Nate, do you want to talk really quickly about the deal that we have and a little bit about your history, just so that people understand where Home Invest came from? Yeah, yeah. So Home Invest was really built to, to build and protect our wealth. We are investors investing alongside of our investors. We're investors picking out assets that we believe in. And so um, our focus is a little bit different than some of the companies that are out there, quite a bit different. And um, our profits are really purpose-driven. So that's just kind of a, a bit about us. Uh, I lost on a deal, Steve. I co-invested and co-signed the loans for a big developer. And that big developer ended up walking from the projects and went bankrupt. And it had a real big ripple on my, my financial uh, picture with my wife and our newborn at the time. And going through that experience, um, it shocked me. And it made me say, hold on, if a big developer can have something like this happen to them, why couldn't it happen to somebody else? And so now going into every single deal, we take a very conservative outlook. We always try to, I hate to be like a naysayer or a Debbie Downer, but like, I always want to look at the worst case scenario. What could happen if the worst of times came? And so we look at each deal that way and we underwrite it that way. And then only then if something comes out the other side of that underwriting, that this is going to be a winner, then we move forward on it. We were doing the math. I just had somebody ask us, how many deals do you look at versus deals that you take? It was a really good question. And I figured out that we're averaging 27 deals per week that we're looking at. Where we're really getting into the, the rent rolls, the leases, the everything. 27 per week. So that's a little bit over 100 a month. And we're taking a, a deal about once every 60 days. So you can do the math on it. It's like almost 200 deals that we're looking at to get one. So we are underwriting a ton before we'll pull the trigger on the right one. And that's just par for the course for us. We, like, we're not in a position where we're forced to buy anything. We could literally just sit back and keep collecting rent and God has been good to us and we'd be just fine. Um, so, that, uh, so when we choose to buy a property, it's gotta be the right property. That's, and I mean, that me, is coming ahead, from- well, that's coming from like a very safe harbor position, which is great. That's what you want. You're not having to take any deals. You can look at as many deals as you want and just take the perfect deal. So that kind of teases us up to the next question. Do you want to talk about the deal that we have right now? It's a small deal, but it is a sweetheart of a deal. We got a locked-in interest rate of 4.33%. Nate, if you want to tell just a few of the details about it, yeah. Oh my goodness. This is like, I'm probably the most excited about this one that I have been in about nine months after seeing hundreds of deals. Uh, so, so we, a lot of people know us because we're able to find our way to get direct to the seller and negotiate with sellers. And so it opens up this path where we can oftentimes take over the existing mortgage. And this particular one, um, it was underwritten in, in a loan issued on it at 4.33% interest. And we're able to step in and take this one over. Uh, because of the relationship we formed with the seller, because of the all the back and forth and deliverables that we're getting them, we're stepping into this loan. It's not one of those teaser rate loans. It's actually a good long-term fixed mortgage. While everybody else in town would have to pay 7% for that mortgage, uh, taking out a new loan, we're getting it at 4.33%. It cash flows from day one. The seller hasn't rented or increased rents in two years. So we've got an easy play to come in here 
boost up the rents a little bit, increase the cash flow, and then we can easily exit this asset um, with not, not very much time. We also own one three blocks away, so we already know the area really well. Awesome. If you guys are interested in investing, if you'd like to learn more about it, you can go to homeinvest.com. We have all the information there. There's also a button where you can book a call, jump on with us. We'll answer all the questions that you have. Uh, also, if you just want to book a call straight, you can look down below in the description. There's a book a call link that will get you on with either one of us. Uh, we'll be happy to walk you through. If you're catching this podcast a little bit late and that deal is no longer available, our deals fill up pretty, pretty fast, but we will have the current deal that we are working on there as well for you. Nate, did I miss anything in that? No, you nailed it, man. You nailed it. Awesome. So happy hunting out there. Stay safe. Look for look for good safe deals and good safe sponsors. And um, we're looking forward to getting to know you if it ends up being something that we can help you with. Awesome. We'll talk to you guys soon. Till next time.